This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on a scorching Monday, July the 18th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're going to start with the weather. Some schools in Kent have now decided to close because it is just so hot. Temperatures in the UK are set to reach unprecedented levels. It could even hit 40 degrees in some areas. Here, the mercury is expected to reach the mid to high 30s today and tomorrow. Speed restrictions on railway lines are being imposed and there are concerns people who are fit and healthy could struggle to cope. Coming up, we'll have advice from Kent's Director of Public Health. But first, let's hear from Hayley King. She's the head teacher of Tiger Primary School in Maidstone, which opened as normal this morning. I think one of the, the challenges with the children is always that they don't regulate their body heat in the same way that adults do. And I think they don't always recognise that when it's hot and they're still run, wanting to run around and play that it might make them have a headache or feel a little bit uncomfortable so it's that's one of the the biggest challenges because they then get a little bit grumpy or a bit a bit fed up um, and of course their children they want to play so that that's quite difficult but other than that we've put lots of things in place that um, are helping them or hopefully really help them today because uh, the temperatures are soaring and we really don't want any of our children to end the school year being unwell yeah, I was going to say that that is a danger, isn't it, that they start to make themselves feel a little bit poorly. Um, what sort of things are you doing then to try and keep them as cool as you can? OK, so we've um, said that they can all wear um, an, an adaptation of school uniforms. So things like PE shorts because they're thinner and they're cooler to wear, um, a loose, light coloured fitting top. Um, we normally wear ties, so there's no ties for a week or so anyway. Um, but so that just cooler area type clothing and the girls can still wear their dresses as can the boys if they wish to. Um, and then we've, we're not going to do pee outside or actually probably inside because it'd be too warm inside, which I know they like having their pee lessons, but I think that could overheat them. Um, and so instead we're, we've found some, you know, we've done a bit of a survey and found what sorts of programmes the children like to watch. So Mr Bean is proving quite popular. But so in things like lunch times and when they perhaps would normally be outside running around, we've reduced that time to a maximum of 20 minutes, depending when their lunch falls. And then the rest of the time they'll get to watch something on the on the TV or they'll be um, we've got some games and stuff at, around for them to play. So it doesn't feel um, like a punishment. And then we've asked our parents to provide children with sun hats and to put sun cream on them and to bring in plenty of fluids. Now, one of the, although this isn't, I don't normally agree with is we do have children that refuse to drink water. So we have said that they can fill their bottles with squash because what I want is them to be hydrated. And at the moment, if drinking squash will hydrate them, I'd rather them have that than be unwell. And this afternoon, we've got an ice cream van coming. So it's a bit of a treat for the children. We've got an ice cream van coming and they're all going to have an ice cream um, to hopefully keep them cool and make them feel that it's not a punishment just because it's so hot. And then one of the things that, you know, we've really had to think about is we have a school dog as well. And obviously, you know, our pets get affected in the heat too. So we've actually made the decision for her not to be in school today. Um, so that she's at home so she doesn't get ill as well but that's been something you know as a talking point with the children 
We've talked to them about keeping themselves safe in, in the hot weather, but also about keeping their pets safe. And we've used our school dog Nelly as um, a bit of an example of that to help them. So that's how one school is trying to keep children safe and as cool as possible. Others, though, as I mentioned at the start, have decided to shut. Rain and Mark Grammar School in Medway is returning to home learning tomorrow. PE lessons today have been cancelled and the field was closed at lunchtime. Simon Langton Grammar School for Girls has cancelled its commemorative service at Canterbury Cathedral. However, the boss of Oasis Academy, which has a secondary school on Sheppey and a primary school in Medway say they will stay open. Steve Chalk has said the decision to shut a school at any time has huge ramifications economically and socially. Shutting them would be unbelievably irresponsible. School would be cooler because we can manage it and our parents have to work. You can let us know what you think today. Should schools stay open or should indeed they be closing in the hot weather? You can let us know what you think by heading to the story at Kent Online. And how are the rest of us going to be keeping cool then? Well, Ish has been speaking to Dr. Anjan Ghosh, who is Kent's Director of Public Health. So at this level, illness and death may occur among the fit and healthy and not just in high-risk groups. So it's basically a situation where it's a, a risk to life for uh, people at large. Um, so from the point of view of the Met Office, it's a level four alert, uh, a red and from the point of view of uh, UK Health Security Agency, it's a national emergency as it is a uh, challenge to health and well-being. I mean, when you, when you learnt about those warnings, I mean, how concerned were you for the impact it could have on residents here in Kent? Well, as long as people take precautions. So um, we've never been in a level four alert ever in the history of this country. Um, um, and I, I come from India originally, and uh, there routinely the temperatures go above 40, I mean, in summer. But I never thought I'd start seeing that in the UK. So it kind of is an indication of um, other things which are going on. Uh, but this is a first. So obviously, it's a matter of concern. Uh, we've been in amber before. And in fact, before this, we were in amber. And, uh, and residents would know that um, the same precautions that you need to take at amber is pretty much the same for level four it's just that the the circle of risk the people who might get affected by this are not just those who are very elderly or very young but actually anybody even a fit and able-bodied person like yourself i mean as you say i mean obviously i'm sure um, when we have this prolonged um, spell of, of hot weather, everyone's excited, but obviously it comes with some grave uh, danger in, in this it instance. Does, yes. And um, like you say, I mean, particularly, well, it, it can affect anyone, even someone uh, so healthy. I mean, what can we do to, to mitigate that risk? And is it a case of, you know, not going out in the sun when it's at its peak? Pretty much, yes, that is one of them. I, I would put the message across, which is what I've been saying all summer so far, keep cool, stay hydrated, be prepared. So in terms of keeping cool, like you said, avoid direct sunlight, particularly between the hottest times of the day. So that's from 11 a.m. in the morning till about three in the afternoon. Um, avoid strenuous, vigorous physical activity, especially when the temperature goes above 30. Um, if you're indoors, then uh, basically as long as it's hot outside, it feels counterintuitive, but close your windows and blinds, not fully, but uh, enough and sort of keep the cool air in and prevent the hot air and the sun from coming into your house. Um, switch off electricals that you're not actually using because that also generates heat. Um, 
And if you're out and about, then generally uh, walk in the shade, avoid the sun, um, put on sunscreen, wear a sun hat, put on UV protective sunglasses, um, wear a loose fitting and comfortable clothing uh, of natural fibers so you can easily uh, sweat and it wicks. Uh, so all of that is what you do for staying cool. In terms of staying hydrated, you need to basically drink water frequently. Make sure that you have enough water, so bottled water and other sources of water that you will be carrying with you if you're going about out and about. So stay hydrated and also very importantly, be prepared, which is even more important at this stage. Over the weekend, firefighters were called to deal with several grass and field fires. One the size of nine football pitches broke out in Nursted Lane near Gravesend. There was also a large one at Barton's Point on Sheppey, thought to have been started by a firework display nearby. Another also happened at the Great Lines in Gillingham. Well, I've been speaking to Leanne McMahon, who's from Kent Fire and Rescue Service. So it's been a very busy weekend. We've had a long spell of very dry weather. Uh, so the ground is quite dry. You can see that by the brown grass, etc. that you can see around you. So a busy weekend for outdoor fires. Uh, a number of, of our fire engines have been out and about in our offices keeping people safe. So we really do need some help here with people taking some simple precautions um, to prevent these fires that we're experiencing. It is, as you say, incredibly dry and you had a very, very busy weekend. And how much more difficult do the circumstances and the conditions make it for fighting fires at the moment? So there's two things that happen with the heat. So one, you're all you're dealing with already dry ground. So we experience outdoor fires all of the time. In this weather, it means that they can perhaps be um, quicker to ignite or when we they do happen, they spread a lot faster and quicker. Uh, so that, that's to do with the fire itself. And obviously then the conditions with which the uh, crews are having to work in are then that much more difficult as well. So importantly, what can we all do to prevent these fires from starting in the first place? We ask people to be careful. So if you are out and about, be careful with um, things that might be left out in the open. So even things like tin cans or glass can become hot or reflective and that can make a real difference. So certainly in terms of take your litter home with you. If you're having fires at home, so if we're talking uh, bonfire even or uh, barbecues, keep them well away from any foliage or sheds or fences in the garden. Make sure you stay with them. Uh, and if it's a disposable barbecue that you're using, lift it up, put it on something that's not flammable. Don't put it straight onto ground because it gets too hot. Make sure it is fully out before you dispose of it. So all of those small risks. If you um, see a fire, let call 999, let us know. We will get crews out to it. What would be helpful to know is the exact location, wherever possible, and the type of ground that, it, that it's on and any other details about the size and shape of it so that we can make sure we get the right response as quickly as possible. We're also asking on our socials today for your tips on how to stay cool in the heatwave. Glynis Lawrence says, a hot water bottle in the freezer until it turns to ice and then you cuddle it. Sue Carter has said, put a packet of wet wipes in the freezer. It's a quick way to cool down. You put them on the back of your neck. Dee Stevenson says, have a siesta for a couple of hours in the early afternoon if you can. That would be nice, wouldn't it? And Amy Louise Clements says, 
says, shut windows, blinds, curtains during the day, otherwise you're letting the heat in. She goes on to say she has two dogs, two birds and a hamster, so it needs to be keeping them out of the heat. She's got a fan on, bottles of frozen water to put by the hamster cage and bird cage and the dogs if needed. And she says, make sure we all have enough to drink. You can head to our Facebook to add to those comments. Now, it's been declared safe to swim in the sea off Sheppey following reports over the weekend of sewage. The water at the Lees in Minster has been tested and no contamination was found. It's thought concerns were caused by seaweed and algae. And work is underway to restore water to villages near Ashford as we enter a third day of disruption. Bottled water is being handed out to people in Cholock and Molash. South East Water have apologised and say they're trying to get supplies back as soon as possible. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Other top stories for you today and a woman who was stabbed to death at a house in Margate has been named locally as mum of three, Samantha Murphy. She died in hospital after being found injured at her home on Alfreda Close in the early hours of Saturday. A man in his 30s and a woman in her 20s have been arrested on suspicion of murder. An off-duty police officer has been seriously injured in a stabbing in Strood. They've been flown to a London hospital following the attack on the high street in the early hours of this morning. It's thought the victim was visiting a takeaway on Commercial Road shortly beforehand where the suspect was involved in an argument. So far, no one's been arrested. Now, we'll find out later if Kent's Tom Tugendhat has made it into the final four as the race for number 10 continues. The Tunbridge and Morning MP took part in TV debates over the weekend after scraping through the second vote among fellow MPs to decide who becomes party leader. When it gets down to the final two candidates, Conservative Party members will pick the winner. Well, let's hear first from our political editor, Paul Francis. Well, if it seems like the process for electing a new Conservative leader has been going on for a rather long time, don't panic. We really are at the business end of the process. Today, MPs will have another vote on who they want to see as the new leader and Prime Minister. And it really is a day of reckoning for Tom Tugendhat, who on paper at least is most at risk of being eliminated from the contest. Now he has performed well in the two televised hustings and according to snap opinion polls was the best rated performer in one and second best performer in the televised hustings we had last night on ITV. Now his problem is that while he appears to have wide support out in the public, his fate will hinge on where his fellow MPs place their crosses on the ballot paper. And that means he's got a Herculean task to confound expectations, defy the odds, and show that uh, he's swung around enough MPs to keep him in the race. But on paper, it does seem he's in jeopardy. And this could be the moment when his campaign ends. It really would be a major shock were he to suddenly leapfrog over some of the heavyweight candidates and get his name 
on the final ballot paper. A planned TV debate was due to happen tomorrow night. That has now been cancelled. Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss decided not to take part, which by the time it was being held would have only left one candidate. The result of today's vote will be at around eight this evening. Do head to Kent Online for details on it. Our colleagues at KMTV have also been speaking to sitting Bourne and Sheppey MP Gordon Henderson to find out who he's supporting. I asked my local members of the Conservative Party who they wanted on the final ballot paper and by a wide margin they asked me to vote for Penny Morden or Liz Truss. Uh, I uh, did what they said and I voted for Penny Morden and I will continue to do so until she's no longer on the ballot paper. I think uh, whilst Tom has many qualities, uh, he has not had any experience in government whatsoever. And uh, I I have to say that uh, one of the other reasons is that we had a constituency uh, association event in Parliament uh, a couple of weeks ago where Penny Morden took the trouble to come along and chat to my members and made a very big impression on them. Kent Online News. A report's found there's no clear evidence that sending asylum seekers to Rwanda will stop them crossing the channel to Kent in small boats. More than 14,000 people have made the dangerous journey so far this year. Well, the Commons Home Affairs Committee is the latest to criticise the government's controversial policy. Dame Diana Johnson is chair of that committee. In order to solve the problem of the channel boat crossings, there's no one single policy that the government have to introduce. It has to be sorting out the asylum system, getting agreements with EU countries to return failed asylum seekers, and and thirdly, to have safe and legal routes for people to make claims without resorting to get into the hands of criminal gangs and getting into those very dangerous small boats. The committee was really concerned as well about unaccompanied children and young people. We are still not convinced that um, those children and young people are correctly identified when they arrive in Dover. Um, There's a real question mark about how we assess a child's age and also then around the safeguarding. We found that some children were being uh, placed in adult uh, asylum um, facilities, they need to be part of a safeguarding regime rather than going through that process. And we we call for the Home Office to carry out a review of the experience of young people and to make sure that it's fit for purpose. This is one of our most read stories today and plans for a new McDonald's between Faversham and Whitstable are causing concerns. Residents say traffic and litter will make their life hell if the flagship unit gets the go-ahead off the Thanet Way. Well, it's part of a wider business park scheme in Dargate and developers have been defending it. They say there will not be an increase in congestion or problems on country lanes. They've added that McDonald's predicts customers will be from passing traffic on the dual carriageway. Kent's speeding hotspots have been revealed, with one motorist caught travelling at 152 miles per hour. 19 drivers were caught travelling at more than 130 last year alone on the M25 or the M20. Cameras near the Clackett Lane services captured more than 13,000 speeding motorists in 2021. You can read the data in full by heading to the story on our website. Website. Kent Online reports. Now, it's been quite an historic day in Kent. Bison have been released into the wild in the county, and it's hoped it could be a solution for tackling climate change. 
European bison will roam in West Bleen and Thorndon Woods near Canterbury and experts say they'll restore life to the woodland through their natural behaviours. Paul Hadaway is Director of Conservation at the Kent Wildlife Trust. You know, we, we term this as wilding. This is a project that is all about bringing back natural processes into the management of this woodland. So the thousand acres behind us has been managed by um, human intervention now for centuries. A lot of that has involved cutting the wood at different times, creating different structures, all of the things that actually a bison and the other animals involved in the project, our ponies, our pigs and our domestic cattle, can all do naturally for us. So for us this is about moving away from having to manage woodland with chainsaws and tractors and all of those other you know, high carbon emitting um, industrial ways of doing things into actually creating something that's much more of a natural process and with that we'll start to discover wildlife moving back into the area, moving into different niches, we'll get a much better understanding of what, where wildlife was before we pushed it to the extremes of our own kind of um, our own lives. So it's going to be a really really interesting project to, to watch develop. I think actually the more exciting thing is what's going to happen here long term. People are going to see a change in this habitat and a change in this woodland and a sense of wildness that I don't think we have anywhere else in the UK at the moment. And having experienced that on the continent, I think for people to be able to come here and experience that is going to be an incredibly exciting thing for them. So actually, I think the long term is almost more exciting than this first few weeks. Mark Haben, who's from the Wildwood Trust, says the project had been delayed by Brexit. Since the United Kingdom left the European Union and changes in legislation between the movement of, of animals between the UK and the European Union have really given us huge hold-ups. Um, so paperwork that would once have um, permitted the import of animals from, the, from Europe no longer exists. There have been significant changes to that. So it's, it's just been a, a huge struggle and um, as a result of that the number of animals um, moving between the UK and the European Union has significantly declined. Um, since we left the EU. Well, you can see video of the bison arriving within the story at Kent Online. You can also watch a report on KMTV tonight from 5.30 and again on the website if you miss it. A pub near Gravesend that burnt down after being struck by lightning has gone up for sale. The Green Man in New Ash Green was destroyed in a fire last summer. Residents are hoping to put forward a community bid to try and stop it being turned into housing. A restaurant near Whitstable has been named by a top food critic as one of the best to visit this summer. Jay Rayner has included Jojo's Meze in Tankerton in his top 10 coastal restaurants. He helped raise £100,000 last year to save it from an uncertain future. And Beyonce's new track, Break My Soul, is number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station, KMFM. Lizzo's About Time is at number two in the chart this week. Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush is at number three after the track was made popular again by Stranger Things on Netflix. Kent Online Sport. Kent's Dina Asher-Smith says she's gutted after missing out on a 100 metres medal at the World Athletics Championships. She equalled her British record in Oregon overnight, but was beaten by three Jamaican women. Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price got gold ahead of Sharika Jackson and Olympic champion Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. Dina will go again in the 200 metres in the early hours of tomorrow, along with Dartford sprinter Adam Jamili. And in football, Gillingham suffered a frustrating defeat in their pre-season friendly with Portsmouth at the weekend. It finished 2-1 to the visitors at Priestfield. Neil Harris's side conceded in the final minute after managing to get an equaliser. And to rub salt into the wounds, it was former Jill's defender Connor Ogilvie who got 
got the winner. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.